Hi, everybody. John Branning here saying Happy New Year. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast this week at The Trump Poems. This is our first episode for 2020, and I thought I'd do something a little bit different today since I didn't start the podcast until July of 2019. All the Trump poems that I wrote the first half of the year didn't make it into the podcast. So I went through the archives and I picked out, uh, I think, about seven of them that I really liked. And at least I like them anyway. I hope you'll feel the same way. And I've gone ahead and they'll be in uh, our first episode of the new year, kind of a retrospective. And then there's a new Trump poem, the first one of 2020, which is a retrospective of the past year from Donald Trump's perspective. And then we'll just keep going forward as we normally do in subsequent episodes with whatever is new from that week. Uh, I started the podcast in July of 2019 after seeing a presentation by two really uh, fantastic and unique people, Cole and Victor and Perry, uh, were all members of a uh, professional association. And Cole and Victor have uh, been doing a number of very interesting podcasts, and they did a presentation about getting started with it, and that was the inspiration for me. So I do want to say thanks to Cole and Victor so much. Uh, for your presentation, which was just fantastic and uh, really meant a lot to me in terms of getting the podcast going. Uh, Cole does a couple of podcasts herself, and you can learn more about her and her podcast if you go to AmericanThanatologist.com, and you get to look up and find out what a thanatologist is. Anyway, let's get into the Trump poems that we've got for you for this first week of the new year, because there's quite a few, and uh, I don't want to waste any more time. So here we go. The first Trump poem that I'll share with you from the uh, 2019 archives was in response to a comment made by Sarah Sanders back in January. Uh, This was posted on January 31st, and I think the day before Sarah Sanders had been involved in either a press conference or stood in front of the press corps and said that God wanted Donald Trump to become president. And that came up as a theme several times during the course of the year, but this was our first mention of it in 2019. And the Trump poem is called God's Gift Return Policy. And this is actually in the voice of God. Uh, Not Donald Trump, but God, God. Hello folks, God here. I thought perhaps I'd speak to you directly. It's my understanding Sarah Sanders made some news for you. I chose Donald Trump to be your leader if I heard correctly. Well, let me just weigh in on that allegation. Yes, it's true. Politics is one arena where I rarely choose to dabble. Mostly I stay focused on the outcome of the Super Bowl. But in 2016, I looked down and witnessed quite a rabble. What I saw and heard upset me, shook me to my very soul. Those stuck in the middle class, you know, the ones who go to church, felt while others prospered that their wages had grown ever stagnant. The 1% loomed ever higher on their wealthy hedge fund perch whereas the middle-income people barely got a tiny fragment. The influx of new immigrants, some claimed, had gotten overwhelming. Couldn't tell the good from bad into your country you were letting. Donald Trump proclaimed, I'll stir the pot that once was known as melting. Build a wall to keep all out. 
while I will make extreme our vetting. Gut the healthcare system and start over. Decimate Obama's overreaching effort to require everybody purchase medical insurance just in case of catastrophic trauma. Tear it down and from the ashes, something better soon emerges. Guns, which are protected, often used as weapons in mass killings. Should there be restrictions on what can be purchased by the killer? Flesh, perhaps, is weak for change, and spirits also are not willing. Thoughts and prayers are offered. Prayer is something with which I'm familiar. I could ramble further, but you get my point. Things were chaotic. Time for me to step in and exert a little of my magic. Turn this all around, a quest so often thought of as quixotic. But if nothing's done, the future of your nation looked quite tragic. Therefore, I anointed Donald Trump to bring home all the bacon. He would be your president, a mean and petty chief commander. Why would I do this? A drastic measure, so that I'd awaken something deep within you to remember. Love's the only answer. Many claim they're acting as I've told them to, so what's another? Sarah Sanders claims she knows what God would want. I say, forget her. Now that you've seen one extreme, I think you're ready for the other. I have faith in 2020. All of you will do much better. On February 26th, a Trump poem about Donald Trump continuing his affectionate pursuit of Chairman Kim of North Korea. And they met uh, for the second time since Trump was elected this time. Uh, it was in Hanoi, in Vietnam. And so our Trump poem is called Hanoiing Behavior. As long as I'm in Vietnam to hash things out with Chairman Kim, I made a list of several other things I'd like to do with him. Because we get along so well, agreements are formality, as long as we exclude all mention of the man's brutality. After long days filled with meetings, where the pace will be quite frantic, he and I can stroll around Hanoi. I hear it's quite romantic. We'll send away our bodyguards and paparazzi will allow no. That way we can keep our passion for each other on the down low. We'll cruise along the Mekong Delta, sip champagne and snack on durian, leisurely enjoy our time together with no need for hurrying. He'll explain how socialism can exist with a bourgeois. When we're hungry, I'll snack on a Big Mac and he'll have some pho. I'm told up in the mountains there's a place the locals call Love Market. Sounds like just the kind of place where Kim and I would like to park it. Underneath the silver moon, we'll share our very deep affections, how we both love strong men and have little use for free elections. I hear there's an amusement park where he and I can try our luck and play at being tunnel rats. We'll see which one of us gets stuck. At nighttime, we will lie in bed and hold each other closely in the morning over pancakes. He'll speak glowingly of Ho Chi Minh. I've traveled halfway around the world to get here for our latest tryst. There's so much we won't have time to explore that's on my bucket list. He's gotten me to fall for him by playing to my vanity but even Chairman Kim will never make an honest man of me. In March, Attorney General William Barr provided a helpful summary of the Mueller report, summarizing it for public consumption before it had been released for public consumption. 
And our Trump poem about that is called Evidence Fog. Richard Nixon famously said, I am not a crook. That appears to be the same position William Barr just took. Special counsel's finished, that investigation's toast. Complete exoneration. By complete, I mean almost. There was no collusion and no effort to conspire. Russia offered stuff that we did not ask to acquire. Robert Mueller makes it clear, all based on Barr's retelling. I made no such purchase of what Russia's folks were selling. I was quick to claim, though the report's not yet been seen. I am fully, totally, 100% clean. I've not read Barr's letter. Staffers offered a reduction. Morning after read-through, it's a mixed word on obstruction. Still, I've got the upper hand here. For me, turned out well. Jerry Nadler and his ilk can all go straight to hell. Now, the biggest battle is if DOJ's supplying unredacted copies, evidence that's underlying. Absence here of evidence does not mean the inverse. Evidence on both sides meant this could have turned out worse. My man William Barr was chosen due to his perception. Robert Mueller's probe based on a fatal misconception. Now the 2020 campaign jumps into high gear. Banners being printed. There was no collusion here. Clean as baby's bottom. That's the viewpoint I'll be selling. Smaller print below that. Aren't you glad he's not a felon? It's a little early to conclude this ordeal's done with, but exoneration is the narrative I'll run with. If, in fact, the evidence suggests I am premature, I'll disclaim the Constitution serves as force majeure. In April, Donald Trump attended a border roundtable, as it was described, with various politicos and customs and border patrol agents. And I think Kevin McAleenan was there, uh, the acting head of that agency. And Trump was quoted as saying, speaking about immigrants, can't take you anymore, can't take you. Our country is full, our area is full, the sector is full, can't take you anymore. I'm sorry, so turn around. That's the way it is. So our Trump poem from April 8th about that is called, Let He Who Has Rescind. Our country is full now, so please turn around. Your asylum is no longer granted. For those who have dreamed of a better life here, I guess you now will be disenchanted. Please save your sob stories. Nobody is welcome, unless you've got H-2B visas. No room at the inn left for Joseph and Mary. Tough luck for you, baby Jesus. These migrants show up, then they turn left or right. All the border guards say, they sneak past us. The lesson from history found here, walls work best. They're effective, a great apparatus. I care not at all for your reason for fleeing, the level of your desperation. A tougher direction we're headed in, hence Kirsten Nielsen's abrupt resignation. I took a hard line in the past, which resulted in forced separation of family. And although we cannot keep track of the kids, I'm prepared to relaunch this calamity. I want to get rid of the judges who rule on these migrants' requests for asylum. Perhaps in the past we let outsiders in, but that's changing. We must now revile them. A nation of immigrants, Kennedy said, but no longer. Such sweet dreams are thwarted. They send us their worst, all the ones they don't want. Like my grandfather, he was deported. The Prince of Bavaria had him kicked out, since between them developed some friction. A family tradition that I carried on as he tried to get out of conscription. 
A senior advisor of mine, Stephen Miller, is pushing for this tougher angle. I'm willing to risk this may muddy our stripes, leave our banner a bit less star-spangled. As long as we keep all these foreigners out, at least all of those who are Hispanic, and also the Muslims, then all will be great. There's no need for the white folks to panic. No longer can you just show up, ask for entry. You'll have to apply in advance. And if you're shipped back to the hellhole you came from, remember my words here, bon chance. A humanitarian crisis unfolding, which I'm treating as an invasion. And here's my response to those voicing dissent. You can go practice self-fornication. In early May, the New York Times printed the results of an extensive investigation into Donald Trump's finances, showing over one billion, with a B, billion in business losses between 1985 and 1994. And so our Trump poem about that and Donald Trump's response to the article is called Taxing Your Patience, from May 8th, 2019. Another bombshell revelation, all about my business losses. More fake news from New York Times reporters and their vicious bosses. While I quickly sent a tweet about this story and decried it, notably within my rant, you will not see where I denied it. It was sport, I said about these losses for tax purposes. Write-offs and depreciation from my wayward purchases. I was not alone here. All the other wealthy moguls do it. I'm not even certain why the failing times chose to pursue it. Ten years worth of losses, 30 years ago, a billion plus. I don't think that is extraordinary, do you? Please discuss. I have always said from tax returns you really won't learn much. True that. Other sources used here, showing I did not earn much. Everybody knows I love to traffic in hyperbole. But here's truth for once. Nobody's ever lost as much as me. Real estate can lead to crazy times. For me, it's really been some. Eight of ten years, I did not pay federal taxes on my income. All I did was figure out some ways that I could minimize the taxes I would have to pay through legal sheltering and lies. I love to brag about the ways I managed to manipulate, but letting someone comb through my returns, I'll never stipulate. For most, preparing taxes, going one by one through each receipt, is stressful. Let me share the method I have learned. It's called deceit. I've long portrayed myself as a successful businessman. Instead, you now are learning just as all my bankers did, how I've misled you. Later in the month of May, uh, Donald Trump tweeted while he was preparing to head to the Air Force Academy to deliver the commencement address there. And his tweet said, and now Russia has disappeared because I had nothing to do with Russia helping me to get elected. It was a crime that didn't exist. Minutes later, he walked it back telling reporters, no, Russia did not help me get elected. Our Trump poem about that tweet and the subsequent responses to it from May 31st is called Fool's Russian. Foreign interference in elections, come on, let's admit it. In a recent tweet, I made it very clear that Russia did it. In response to Mueller, I did something very unexpected. Stated I'm aware that Russia helped in getting me elected. Don't jump to conclusions. No confession's been elicited. Russia may have helped, but it was nothing I solicited. Mueller made it clear. The Russians threatened our democracy. 
Seems the right response would be to mobilize bureaucracy, make sure every effort's being made in order to ensure next election safe from interference and your vote secure. But instead, I chose to focus on how Bob and team harassed me. I called him conflicted and his prosecutors all were nasty. I know more about the law than any legal faculty. Innocent I am, since Mueller's chosen not to shackle me. Just because I misbehave, that doesn't mean I broke the law. Since I'm chief executive, that means I have a cloak for all the times that I engaged in conduct acting with corrupt intent. Now my focus is on painting Mueller as a malcontent. I claim Bob came begging to be named director, FBI. My response a booming no. This story's, by the way, a lie. Also, Bob was pissed since I would not refund his golf club dues. Even that assertion is what I now often call fake news. Finally, Bob Mueller and James Comey are as thick as thieves. Just another baseless accusation I've got up my sleeves. When Bob Mueller issued his report, looks like I didn't read it. Claims I was completely in the clear were premature. Indeed, it means exoneration isn't how I should have tried to sell it. Now we'll see if Congress implements a strategy appellate. I've described impeachment thusly, dirty, filthy, and disgusting. Going on the offense here will save my ass, at least, I'm trusting. The last Trump poem that I rescued from oblivion uh, that didn't make it into the uh, podcast, which started a little later in the year, is from June, uh, another G20 summit, this time in Osaka, Japan. And while Trump was there, he made uh, jokes with Vladimir Putin about getting rid of journalists and election meddling. He uh, tweeted that he'd be meeting Chairman Kim again uh, at the demilitarized zone. He cozied up to Crown Prince Bin Salman. This was still while the murder of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi's uh, demise was still an open issue. And also in the news was another allegation of a sexual assault. Uh, Columnist Eugene Carroll said that Donald Trump some years back had actually raped her. So with all of that going on, the Trump poem from June 29th is called Plenty at G20. If Chairman Kim of North Korea sees the tweet that I have posted, I would meet him at the border, just to say that I have hosted yet another useless meeting with no measurable outcome. But perhaps he'll bring me kimchi, since I won't go home without some. I embraced the Saudi crown prince, who arranged for that reporter to be viciously dismembered. DMZ, now that's a border. Did you see me change the subject? I won't talk about his killing, hoping Saudis buy our products and create more jobs, God willing. This all happened at G20, where I sat down with Vlad Putin and, when asked about his meddling, no obstructing, no colluding, wagged my little pudgy finger in his face and said, don't do it. We both found it kind of funny. How could someone misconstrue it? Now I've flown to South Korea and perhaps may plant my loafer across the DPRK border if I'm driven by my chauffeur. Then I'll come back to this country and continue blaming others for my failure to keep children with their fathers and their mothers. As the Democrats are starting to debate in open forum, I'll weigh in on all those losers with no pretense at decorum. As I fight for re-election and claim I have been the greatest, I will fend off allegations of a rape. Which one? The latest. Is the race for 2020 underway now? Goodness gracious. It appears this next campaign will set new records for salacious. Seems our leaders chosen now on not much more than spit and polish. 
But if I run on my record, Jesus Christ, I'll be demolished. And that brings us to our first Trump poem for 2020. So, of course, it is a retrospect of Donald Trump looking back at the year that's just passed, reflecting on what he did and did not accomplish. And so this one is called The Year in Rejection. As I gaze over my shoulder at the year I've left behind, I've accomplished more than all the other presidents combined. Maybe Lincoln's the exception to this boast, but maybe not since my preference in a president is one who's not been shot. I have made tremendous progress on that border-hugging wall. We've begun to lay the groundwork on uh, 11 miles, that's all? Many claims I make will not stand up to scrutiny historic, so I've chosen to make use of proclamations metaphoric. Our economy's the greatest, and you ain't seen nothing yet. Never mind the several trillions I have added to our debt. There are many more folks working than at any other time, since our population's grown and there are more people alive. The trade deficit has shrunk as I add tariff after tariff, yet they're paid by the consumer, which I'm strangely unaware of. There's a server in Ukraine with its location still a mystery. That claim has been debunked, to be condemned as false by history. My approach led to a ceasefire. Turkey laid down arms in Syria. My withdrawal of our troops directly led to that hysteria. The Zelensky call was perfect. Read the transcript, there's your verdict. Just ignore the testimony of those witnesses who heard it. With a hurricane on course for Alabama, skies grew darker. The official map was faulty, but I fixed it with a marker. All of ISIS was defeated, at least that's what I've been saying. That was called the biggest lie by my golf buddy, Lindsey Graham. Robert Mueller said, exonerated, wholly, and completely, as was summarized by William Barr, who said so indiscreetly. My foundation gave out millions, as a lavish donor might. Once New York said, shut it down, you're clearly lacking oversight. The number of illegals who got in became much smaller. We sent them back to Mexico to live in fear and squalor. And those family separations, blame laid on my predecessor, even though my zero-tolerance approach was the transgressor. After several more mass shootings, I said changes surely coming. But the NRA put pressure on, so to their view, I'm succumbing. I've made it clear I'll never strip your right to own a handgun. Therefore, expanding background checks is something I've abandoned. I could go on and on and on with tweets as testimony to achievements I lay claim to but are then ID'd as phony. If the things I did in 2019 made you glum and cringe, then just wait for 2020. I'll completely come unhinged. And that wraps up a very special episode of This Week at the Trump Poems to get us started in 2020. Thanks for your patience as I cleared up uh, some of the excess baggage that I had from 2019 that I wanted to share with all of you, uh, as well as the first new Trump poem of 2020. Subsequent episodes as we go on this process during the course of the year in 2020 and beyond may not necessarily be better, but they'll certainly be shorter than the one that we had today. So thanks for tuning in. 
encourage you to let other folks know about the podcast if you're enjoying it. And remember that you can always follow along with these poems as they're posted in real time at thetrumppoems.com, on the Facebook page, The Trump Poems, or on Twitter at thetrumppoems1, the number one. So thanks again. Hope to have you back with uh, me next week and I hope you have a good week in the interim. Take care. Bye-bye.